Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Seeds and Weeds podcast, brought to you by Small House Farm. If you're looking to celebrate plants and the people that love them, then this is the podcast for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Bevan Cohen. Howdy, friends, and welcome back. we got another groovy show here for you today. We're going to be hanging out with herbalist and author Janice Cox. Now, Janice is an expert in all natural health and beauty, and we're picking her brain on some of her favorite techniques and products. Did you know that you can make an exfoliating skin scrub from pine nuts? I didn't know that until today. Janice is going to be sharing that and a whole lot more in just a few minutes. Now, here at Small House Farm, it seems like summer is gone and now it's autumn. Just like that. The trees are changing colors. The temperatures dropped. Uh, that's it, I guess. Uh, we planted our fall crops a couple weeks back, and those little babies are just getting started. We got some broccolini, a bunch of different greens, some kale, radishes, you know, all the good stuff. With the fall season here, it means it's time to start thinking about seed saving. We've already been bringing in lots of beans, herbs, other things, and tomatoes galore. We just filmed our annual tomato tasting video for YouTube. It's not up yet, but I'll drop a link to the channel down in the show notes in case you want to check it out. It's the most fun video that we make every year. If you're new to seed saving and looking for a place to get started, you should check out my book, Saving Our Seeds. It'll walk you through everything you need to know to harvest seeds from 43 different species. So I'll put that link uh, down in the show notes for you too. But before we get into the interview, I need to give a shout out to our latest Patreon subscriber, Teddy G. Thanks to Patreons like Teddy G, we're able to keep making the podcast. So we appreciate each and every one of you. If you'd like to check out the Patreon and all the perks that you can get for subscribing, you can find that link at seedsandweedspodcast.com or directly at patreon.com slash small house farm and of course you can find that link down in the show notes the arrival of the fall also signals that i'll be back on the road again soon and i got two big events coming up right around the corner september 12th through 14th i'm going to be at the national heirloom expo in ventura california and right after that literally like right after that that weekend i'll be back at the mother earth news fair and this time it's in west bend wisconsin guess who else is going to be at the fair today's guest janice cox Janice Cox is an expert on the topic of natural beauty and making your own body care products with simple kitchen and garden ingredients. She's the author of six best-selling books on the topic, and she's the education chair for the Herb Society of America and a member of the United States Lavender Growers Association. Today, Janice is joining us on the show to talk about natural beauty. Janice Cox, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bevan. It's good to be here. Now, before we jump into things, how about you just share a little bit with our listeners, uh, you know, who you are and what you do? Well, um, I guess my the best way to say it is I'm a DIY health and beauty um, writer. I don't know if I started out to be that way, but I've become known for teaching people how to make their own body care products using household and garden ingredients. So I have a series of books on the subject and workbooks and and I like to travel around and run hands-on workshops, just kind of empowering people to be better consumers and then have some DIY skills. That's awesome. You and I both travel a lot, actually. We're on the road. We go a lot of different conferences and events, but we always seem to see each other. We cross paths at the Mother Earth News Fair. Uh, you've been working with those guys for quite some time, haven't you? Yeah, I started out, I used to write for the magazine. And then when they went into having the in-person fair, which is if you're a subscriber or a fan of the magazine, that's just the next 
level to be able to talk to editors and see some of the projects and ideas. And so, yeah, then I've been working for the fair now, I can't think of maybe six or seven years. Pretty good. You know, and you've always got all these different workshops and presentations. You do a whole bunch of different stuff. If you had to pick a favorite program that you do at the fair, which one do you think it would be? Oh, gosh, I really like the loof. We do one on growing loofah sponges. And that's fun because a lot of people don't realize that that's a vegetable that you can grow in your garden. And we do some, uh, we start seeds and we plant some plants and then we also do some craft projects. So I like that one. And then we also do one on lavender, just making a lot of body care products and learning to uh, harvest lavender. So I think both of those, and I have workbooks on both those topics, all on lavender and all on lupus. So those are probably two of my top ones. You know, I am a big fan of all of your books, Janice. Uh, oh. but my, my favorite one, it might be Natural Beauty for All Seasons. Uh, that's its second edition right now, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Oh, it's funny. Um, that's a good one because it's kind of gift giving and packaging and then what's going on that time of year. So in the fall, we do a lot of like apples and nuts and maybe in the summer, more tomatoes, watermelon. So I, yeah, that's a good one. And then it came out of a lot of people were packaging up things and giving them as gifts or using them at parties like bridal parties and things like that. So I think that's how that one, my original one, Natural Beauty at Home is coming back out. Actually, I don't know when this is going to air, but it might be back out. We're doing a small, like kind of like handbook on that one. And so everybody will have the basic recipes that they can tote around with them. Oh, that's exciting. You know, but the all seasons book, I think what really drew me to it was the, the focus on seasonality, you know, how there's different herbs that we need or plants that we're working with throughout the year. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Why the seasonal focus and why that's important? Well, I think because you want to use fresh ingredients and things that are available at that time of year. Also, it kind of seems like Mother Nature kind of gives you what you need when you need it. So a lot of times the flowers and the plants and are there when your skin and hair also needs it. Like I know people get a lot of gunk in their hair during the summer, whether they're using well water or swimming in chlorinated pools. You can use products like baking soda and lemon and herbal vinegars to really deep cleanse your, your hair, which you wouldn't do that in the winter. The winter, it's colder. We're covered up more. So we want more oil rich and soothing products. Does that make sense? The grains that we've harvested in the fall can be used in the bath, things like that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, you'd mentioned that the book has like different recipes, some for, you know, gifts, gift giving and, and for uses at home and stuff. One of the ones that jumped out at me when I was flipping through the book is a pine nut scrub. Uh, uh, that sounds pretty awesome to me. Could you share the recipe with us a little bit and maybe what we might use a pine nut scrub for? There's three things you want to do for your skin. You want to keep it clean. You want to keep it full of moisture and you want to protect it from the sun. And so the scrubs and cleansers are really there to keep your skin clean because clean skin will absorb more moisture and look better. So a scrub, a pine nut scrub is really nice because it's milder. It's not, I mean, people use sugar, they use cornmeal, they use other ground nuts, but pine nuts, because they are richer, I guess, soothing almost to uh, sensitive skin or mature skin types, they're a little bit easier. But what you really want to do is just grind up pine nuts or grind up any natural nut that you might want to use that you can use that by itself. And I use an old coffee grinder. You can also use a food processor 
processor. You can also really, if you want, want a good stress relieving activity, chop it up real fine uh, yourself. But then I, you can use that by yourself, just mix with, you know, just water, or you can add it to a natural cleanser. If you have a favorite soap or liquid cleanser that you use, you can also add a, a little bit of natural oil. If you are doing this as a full body scrub and you have some oil in it, you might want to be mindful if you're in the shower, you know, or the tub, because it can make things a little slippery. But um, scrubs really are a beauty staple that people have used, you know, for centuries. Now, I know this might be an impossible question to answer, but do you have any other favorite recipes from that book? I have a lot of favorite recipes. I think I like a good facial mask, you know, that also is another way to really deep cleanse your skin and get rid of any surface impurities. So I like just a straight sour cream and a little honey. If it's in the winter, I might add some natural oil, like some sunflower oil or argon oil or jojoba oil. I like a scrub. My go-to scrub is probably raw sugar. And again, I can I can just add that to my favorite cleanser or add a little extra um, natural oil. I love a, a good bath soap. So my my go-to recipe there is Epsom salts and sea salt and then also baking soda. And I think that's in the book. I think it might be the extreme muscle soak or something like that. Because if you talk to anybody, those three salts are probably in most commercial bath salts that you'll buy. It's a good combination. And then I'm trying to think, I like a good hair conditioner, but for me, I, I'll just use straight honey because I have lighter colored hair. Some people don't like honey because it will lighten your hair over time. It has kind of a mild bleaching effect. So they'll use molasses or maple syrup, but those work well to condition your hair. I can go on and on. So you're right. It is an impossible question. <laughs> Let me see if I heard you right. Did you say you're putting sour cream and honey on your face? Yes, sour cream. I like sour cream. Now, you know, some people um, will use the green clay. I mean, a, a facial mask, that's the thing is, I feel like a lot of these products, just like commercial products, they all have the same intent. It's just the ingredients that might appeal to you, or maybe it's an ingredient that you want to use personally. You know, I also always tell people, if you have a known food allergy, you might want to be careful using using that same ingredient in your body care products. But yes, sour cream is full of lactic acid and it also has natural fats and proteins. And it's really uh, works well to cleanse your skin and soothe your skin as a facial mask. Wow, that's wild. I've never heard of that. Okay, cool. So you mentioned this, you wrote another book. It's called Beautiful Lavender. And I just, I love books like this that are just really dialed in on one plant. That's really my jam. So I, re I really enjoy this book. Do you use a lot of lavender at home in your body care routine? I actually do. I like lavender. And I think we've been through over the last couple of years, the use of lavender has skyrocketed because lavender is anti-inflammatory. It's antibacterial. It's soothing. The scent of lavender kind of releases alpha waves in your brain that really relaxes you. You know how you'll see people with just bowls of lavender or putting lavender and dream pillows under their pillows to get a good night's sleep. It's it's just a well-known relaxant. It's not something new. I mean, people have used it since ancient times. I think when they discovered King Tut, they opened up his tomb and the first thing they smelled was lavender. So I grow, I'm not a lavender farmer, but I grow a lot of lavender in um, my yard. And so I'm always uh, looking for new ways. I gift it a lot of times. It's it, People really enjoy it as in a bath salt or in a sachet or a, a bath. I use it a lot, mostly in the bath, but it also makes a nice toner and you can also make, you know, natural perfumes with it or scented body care products. So here's a two-part question and you kind of touched on this. What's your favorite way to work with lavender and do you prefer to use the whole herb, like the flower and the leaves, or do you sometimes use the essential oils? Well, people grow lavender for three things. They grow, 
it for the flower, they grow it for the, the buds, and then they grow it for the oil. And I always like using, whether it's lavender or other herbs, rosemary or thyme, I like using the whole plant. And so essential oils, though, are a very effective way of getting the benefits of the plant in just a very small amount. So, you know, with a couple of drops versus, you know, maybe a couple of cups of plant material. But I like, I grow lavender for the buds, uh, you know, and I let them go because I have a lot of pollinators in my yard. So I kind of let them go a little more open because a lot of times I'm using it in bath, bath care or in bath bundles or sachets where you don't see the buds. If you're somebody that wants to use it for culinary, you're making teas or baking with it. A lot of times people will harvest that right when the buds just are tight and are just opening. So they look really nice nice. And that also I've heard their oil content is probably the highest at that point too. So I think um, for me, I kind of leave it probably on the plant a little longer and I probably use the whole plant, not so much essential oils. It doesn't take much. You don't need a lot of it. I know there was even, I visited a distillery in I think Maryland and they had a gin. It was a very aromatic gin, I guess I should say, but they didn't really use that much lavender. I think for every pound of lavender, you get a teaspoon of oil maybe. Is that right? But it depends on the variety too. Like the French lavenders, the grossos, those are really oil rich. I always say to people, they ask me what kind of lavender to grow. And I really think it comes down to how you want to use it. Oh, absolutely. Now let's shift gears to another beautiful book um, that you've written called Beautiful Lufa, which you mentioned yes. that as well. Um, I, I, I like this book a lot because, you know, herbs like lavender, they're always in the spotlight. Everybody's talking about them, but Lufa, maybe not so much, right? So what made you decide to write a book all about about Lufa? Well, Lufa has been since day one in all of my books because I, I just think I like the fact that people are surprised that you can grow it. I mean, even when I give talks today and there's much more Lufa in uh, the world than it used to be that people are surprised that it is a vegetable in the gourd family or, you know, like related to cucumbers. When I do those workbooks and what you're talking about, the lavender, and I have one on flowers and we have the Lufa, I look for a plant or a subject that really is multi-part. And Lufa fit that. It was culinary. You can eat loofahs. They're not super flavorful, but they are fiber rich. And then you also can uh, use them in body care because they are well known. People use the um, the green skins in uh, cleansers. They use the, the skeleton is what your loofah sponge really is, the skeleton of the plant. And they even use the seeds and the vine. I know the, you can make a toner with the vines. And then also I do it as a crafting material. And it is a material that goes back, I think in World War II, they used it in place for oil filters. And it's uh, in the ancient Egyptians used to make uh, shoes and things out of the fiber. So it is a crafting material. You can cut it up the skeleton and sew them into washcloths or water filtering systems, things like that. So I think having those three elements of culinary, crafting and body care, just I had enough material to have a, a workbook. And that's what these new books are. They're kind of, when people come up to me and they're writing in my books, I like that. I like people to use a book. And so we put blank pages in it. We put areas for notes. We even put areas for your own ideas. That's super cool. I have a friend, she grows loofah and she takes, I guess you refer to it as the skeleton, you know, the part that people are familiar with, they probably, you know, they use in the shower. Um, and she'll, she grinds it up and she puts it in, she makes soap. So she puts it inside the soap as an exfoliant. And I will tell you that when you're grinding, be careful because 
when I first started, you know, because that is you can buy it at soap uh, supply places. The ground loofah is use a grater. Don't like I put it in my food processor and kind of ruin the food processor because it is really fibrous. So a lot of people will chop it up or but it works really well with just like an old cheese grater and you'll get really nice shreds that you're right. People that are soap makers, they love doing the slices. I've seen them make a bar of soap just inside the skeleton. And then, yeah, adding the shredded, you can make body scrubs with that too. Uh, in the workshop, a lot of times we'll do a sugar scrub that's part raw sugar, part ground loofah, and then a natural oil. And that's really nice product. Okay. Here's my last question for you, Janice. Okay. If, if we were to come over to your house and look into your bathroom or through your medicine cabinet or whatever it might be, what are the three beauty products that you find that you use most often? Okay. I use witch hazel and I grew up using witch hazel. And in fact, I think you make a nice witch hazel if I, if I think about it. We do. I know. I think I have some of your witch hazel. I really like witch hazel. It's a natural astringent. It's refreshing. It's cooling. It's soothing. You can even add it to the bath. You can infuse things with it. When I grew up, I used to go to my grandmother's and she would have us lay down with pads soaked in witch hazel over our eyes, kind of to refresh. That's what she would do every afternoon when she would take a nap. I realized that now that I'm a grandmother myself, that's just a good way to get the kids to lay down for 20 minutes. But <laughs> at, the, at the time, it was so exciting and exotic. So witch hazel, definitely. I have a lot of natural oils. I like jojoba oil. I like argon oil. I like just um, sesame oil. So I use uh, at night, you know, nighttime really is the best time to treat your skin and your hair and, you know, let things kind of do their magic overnight. So I, I use a lot of natural oils. And then I use a lot of Epsom salts in the in the bath to kind of recharge and as a foot soak. And so it's good for soothing your muscles. You can also put it inside a cotton washcloth and use that as kind of a scrub sack in the shower. So I think those three for sure. And I probably have a lot more in there. My bathroom cabinet is kind of my, my chemistry cabinet also. So I have a lot of different things. Those three basic ones, I always have. Now, Janice, if people wanted to find you, check out your schedule, shop for your books, what are the best links for them to use? Well, you can go on my website. It's my name, JaniceCox.com. I also am on Instagram. I put pictures up some and some recipes. And now that we're coming up with this new handbook, I'll probably be more active on that too. So that's at home beauty. My website, if you have a question, is probably the best because I will answer that and I do get those straight through. And go on the Mother Earth News website, especially their archives. A lot of my old recipes, and articles are still online. That's very cool. I'm going to put all those links down in the show notes so folks can find them and click through as well. Uh, Janice Cox, thank you so much for taking a little time to chat with me today. That was so much fun. Always. Thank you, Bevan. Hope to see you again soon. And that's the end of another show, my friends. Thanks again to Janice Cox for joining us and to all of you for tuning in. If you like what we're doing here, you can always show your support by joining our Patreon. You can find that link and many more at seedsandweedspodcast.com. This show is edited and produced by all of us here at Small House Farm. And the music you're listening to right now is Jazz It Up by the Caffeine Creek Band. I'm your host, Bevan Cohen, and we'll see you next time. Howdy friends, Bevan here. You know, the Seeds and Weeds podcast is made possible in part by Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, rareseeds.com. They're America's top source for rare and heirloom varieties from around the world, and they're publisher of the Whole Seed Catalog. 
Their 2024 catalog is chocked full of heirloom goodness, new varieties, recipes, stories, and gorgeous photographs. You can order yours now at rareseeds.com.